How are you going to share the gospel with someone? How are you going to help someone who's in trouble if you're worried about your own safety? What about their safety? Do you think those moms like being there under attack? Well, there's no way you can help them this far away. So if safety is your number one goal, don't go anywhere. And even then, it's going to come to you. And so I think the only way we can live life is prayerfully because it's not, oh, we're always bold. We're always going to do this. We're always going to run to the sound of the guns. No, it's there's the sound of the guns. There's the sound of need. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Because I'm going to need your help not to be rash or reckless or a coward and not do anything. I need your love and wisdom how I'm supposed to do this. Virtuous Man, a podcast devoted to sharing the lives of men of history, fiction, and today, and the virtues they personify. Welcome to a special edition of Loose and Unscripted. In this episode, we reflect on meeting one of the men we featured in this project, David Eubank. We featured David for the virtue of sacrifice in Season 3, Episode 5 of this podcast. He is the founder of Free Burma Rangers, a humanitarian movement helping displaced peoples in conflict areas around the world. Hey there, guys. So welcome to another special edition of Loose and Unscripted, where we talk about what it was like to meet one of the men that we have featured on this project. And I say we, it was more you, right? Yeah, I had the opportunity to go hiking with them on uh, on a Friday that I ditched work. Should probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, this is you, you did it for a worthwhile cause. I, I did, I did, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, basically, what happened was I saw on the Instagram for Free Burma Rangers they were going to be in the U.S. I looked at their schedule; they were going to be in Washington, where we're at. And it just worked out. I, I had David's contact information from when we interviewed him, and I reached out, and yeah, he invited me to come along hiking with them. We did some awesome hiking and climbing, um, rock climbing near Mount Rainier National Park. Um, our Instagram page has some pictures if you want to check that out. Uh, it was just an amazing day, and one thing I re- kind of reflected on afterwards was, you know, you meet you meet some of your your heroes, right? The people that you really look up to. And oftentimes, you know, I think of sports stars and movie stars. You meet them and you come away thinking, wow, they're really not as cool as I thought they were. And that's right, not right. at all what I came away with. The David Eubank that the documentary portrays, the David Eubank that our podcast episode portrays, is exactly the David Eubank in real life. And that was really something special because not a lot of people are like that. Uh, the way he carries himself, the way his family are, they're, they're exactly how they're portrayed. Um, they're just, and, and how many kids does he have again? So he has uh, so his wife, Karen, and then he has three kids, Saheli, Suzanne, and Peter. And they're incredible kids. Uh, Peter is, wow, that kid's got some energy. <laughs> <laughs> he he could hike me all day, and I. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. He's like, yeah, he puts me to shame. He, he was hardly breaking a sweat. Me to shame. Yeah, I couldn't keep yeah, up. With so him. sorry that I missed that. 
So yeah, just an incredible experience. I uh, really appreciated it. Uh, just being invited along. We invited one of our friends, uh, John, along as well. Yeah, he's done some voices in our previous episodes. Yeah, he's actually how I heard about David Eubank and Free Marble Rangers. So invited him along. He got to have the experience too. And it was a really rewarding weekend. Um, really was. Uh, we also got to meet him. You got to meet him, Scott. Well, yeah, so at the very, so you did your hike over the weekend. And then you mentioned that he was going to be preaching at a church in Fall City, which is about... How far away from Seattle? Yeah, it's about, about so, a 30, 35 minutes drive from Seattle. Yeah, about about that. Yeah, kind of out, kind of out there in the mountains, and um, beautiful little church. Yeah, and it was, a, and I've been through Fall City a number of times, but I never knew about the knew about this church at all. I'd never driven that way through Fall City before, so it was a really beautiful church. And you had mentioned that he was going to be preaching there, and you and John were going to go, so I was able to make it work in my schedule to go. So all three of us went there and heard him preach, and. I met him briefly and met some of his family and it was, it was really great. Yeah. He definitely, he definitely does come off in real life like he does in the podcast episode. And I could tell for you probably you before actually meeting him, you had interviewed him. So it's not like you were going in totally blind meeting him and having these high expectations. You already had kind of known that he was this kind of down to earth, pretty simple guy for the most part. Yeah. But still it is one thing to talk to them. It's another thing to meet them in person. Right. Yeah, so I, I really got the impression talking to you at the end of it that it was just a really impactful, spiritually fulfilling and rewarding weekend for you. And you kind of want to share some specifics on why it was such a impactful time? Sure. Yeah, so I've I've been asking myself, you know, for a while, we've been doing this project for over two years, about two and a half years, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you do something and you, you pour time into things and you always wonder, is it worthwhile? Is the energy I'm pouring into this project worth it? Are we changing anyone's life? Are we encouraging anyone? And I guess it was self-fulfilling in a way, but at the same time, it it was a, such a fulfilling weekend that would never have happened had we not done this project. And more than, it was more than me that got filled by that weekend Spiritually, um, it, you know, the, our friend John obviously was there with us. It was a life-changing weekend for him. I, I think he said, a, as we were driving home at 11.30 p.m., having hiked for 10 hours and we're just trying to keep our eyes open and stay on the road, <laughs> it, he said, that was one of the best weekends of my life. Oh, um, wow. I can say the same for me. It was, it was uh, encouraging to see that real men do exist. Real men who don't just talk a big game, who don't just come off as these macho dudes, but in reality they have all these all these struggles and I'm not saying that he doesn't have struggles, but he's such a, a well put together guy, but he also knows his place. He knows that at the end of the day, he would say himself many times, and he said during the episode, you know, everything that I've done would be impossible without my faith in God, without me trusting him and relying on him, and all the other people that help do what we do at Free Burma Rangers. And he's a very humble guy, even even in hiking, you know, he's he's encouraging the people, everyone around him, um, constantly encouraging people, come on, you know, people were tired during the hike, come on guys, you got this. Um, actually, I, it is a funny story. It, it wasn't funny at the time, but uh, we were rock climbing 
up a peak called Unicorn Peak and some rocks fell off from, from the summit and David was at the bottom um, where one of the climbers was starting starting up the, the rock climb and mm-hmm. some of the rocks actually hit him and he <laughs> he had a he had a pretty pretty quick pretty lucky escape from getting hit in the head by one of those rocks but um yeah i think you showed me the video yeah, or he, you, you hear him say it on yeah. screen like rock or something like that yeah he got hit in the hand and the arm and tore his coat and he had oh, a pretty man. pretty good bruised arm like and that's why he that's why when i shook his hand it was the left hand <laughs> and not the right yeah, hand yeah exactly right but even in that you know the way he handled himself when he's in a lot of pain you know you're you wouldn't you wouldn't think anything less of someone if they dropped the f-bomb in that moment you know but even then he he carried himself so well and i was impressed by that and you know being around the people he was around and around his kids setting a good example in that moment i also thought it was really encouraging listening to him talk and um and getting that feeling of you compa- of comparing yourself you know where you look at your life and you look at the life of someone like this who whose life has been under threat constantly for such a long period of time in his family's lives. And, and you look at the work that he's doing and the fact that this is someone who you're looking at, who is genuinely making a difference in people's lives. And then you look at yourself and go, what am I doing? Yeah. And it's very tempting to go there, but it's also very grounding and reassuring to remind yourself that his mission is not my mission. Right. So it, I feel like for guys too, I mean, we all fall into this trap of comparing ourselves to people. Everybody does it, but every once in a while it really confronts you and you go, wow, I, I don't even come close to measuring up. But you also have to remember that your, your mission is not somebody else's mission. And I, I was actually pretty, pretty encouraged by that because I did find myself comparing myself to him in a way, but at the same time I reminded myself, well, that's his calling, you know? So what's my calling? Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of covered that in, in the episode when we interviewed him. Uh, the fact that sometimes we, we worry about the what ifs and worry about failure before it even happens. But the, the thing that we should be concerned with is what opportunities are being presented to us right now. And how are we responding to those? What actions are we taking? Are we allowing fear to just control us so that we do nothing? And that really spoke to me about the state of manhood, really, is just this paralyzing fear of failure and yeah. the, and the what if, what if I fail? What if I look like an idiot? And kind of the one is it one of the lessons from David was, well, so what? Acting when you're called to do something is the important part. And he would say, God will take care of the rest. If God calls you, he'll also be with you in, in the fight. And that's very much what free burma rangers is about that's that's their mission they mm-hmm. they go where the need is and they say how can we help we're not going to resolve this conflict the conflict's been going on for 70 some years but how can we make it a little bit better for the people suffering through it yeah that's a good point too well it sort of reminds me too of some of one or one thing he said that really struck me was there were moments where he just says, I, I just want to completely ignore my, <laughs> the better angels of my nature. And I want to go and kill these guys, yeah. you know, but he always finds it in himself to say, no, that's not, that is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And, you know, he has seen stuff that none of us will ever see in our lives. So you can only imagine what your reaction would be. 
of just wanting to take vengeance on people that have done these horrible things like they do in Burma. And you can, it's an understandable position, but it's the wrong position is taking vengeance. And it's also really, it's also really insightful too, kind of like what you were talking about of, um, of the things that hold us back. Like you were talking about fear of failure and, and another big one too, is just anger and bitterness, you know, mm. cause there, there are a lot of angry, bitter men out there in the world mm. and they think that the world has done them wrong and the world owes them a favor and they just kind of let that blind them. You know, like I've worked, I've worked around people like that where you can just feel the bitterness in the way that they talk, the way that they walk, the way that they carry themselves. Like they are just angry at life. And yeah, everybody suffers. Everybody has hardship. But are you going to use that as an excuse or are you going to use that as fuel to make yourself into something better? And I feel like that's one of those things where a lot of men of our time just really lack direction. And I'm speaking as much for myself as for the next guy. Yeah. Yeah, one story he told actually during the it was very similar actually to one of the stories we covered in the in the episode. Uh the story in the episode was him just being filled with anger at what happened in in Iraq where this this family they had just helped liberate their village and then they're blown up and just him being filled with hatred and wanting to just go and kill ISIS. I remember being just also filled with anger and said, that's it. We're going to kill every ISIS. We're going to share the gospel of Jesus and give food and medicine. But in between, I cannot live with myself letting this happen. We have to stop these guys. That's justice. And then next morning I woke up, I said, Lord, show me the truth of what I decided yesterday of, of, of justice. And I opened the Bible three times. I just put my finger at random and I came up three times with the same verse or idea. Revenge belongs to God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Revengeance belongs to God. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. I was like, wow. And suddenly it hit me. What I called justice was revenge. What was the difference? Love. Because without love, there's no justice. We all need mercy. Without mercy, there's no justice. There's no perfect people. There's not even perfect human laws. It's always loopholes and exceptions and extenuating circumstances. You know, laws are made for people. People are not made for laws. And so they have to be used with, with, with justice, which is love and mercy. And there's a time for punishment and there's reasons for punishment, but it's wrapped in love. And I remember thinking, wow, God, I was after revenge because I hate those people. I couldn't care less what happened. So in fact, I wish I'm dead. That's revenge. And I said, Jesus, forgive me for revenge. I give it up. And it was like a 2000 pound weight was pulled off my shoulders, a weight I didn't even know I was carrying. Thought, man, if you kept that, that would have slowly warped you. And you would have thought you were right. And so my hatred of ISIS went away. My need to kill them all went away. I don't have to kill anybody. I just have to be ambassador for Jesus. And that was a life-changing moment. And he tells a story, and we'll play it here, uh, when he was speaking at the church. He tells a story about... Basically, the last six months in Burma have been absolute hell. Uh, they've lost, I believe, about 20 Free Burma Rangers members. Yeah, that was pretty shocking to hear and, that. And, you know, on the front lines, even uh, an organization like theirs, they'd maybe lose one or two a year. So it is, the situation in Burma is out of control at the moment. And uh, he told us, you know, a few stories when we were on the hike, just about how crazy things have been, firefights they've been in, you know, pulling dead friends back so they could bring their bodies back and, and not have them be desecrated. 
And so we'll go ahead and play David's message on that. We've been doing this 29 years and we've been in hundreds of firefights, lots of killing. And I was never done. In the Battle of Mosul, I was wounded four times. I had guys killed around me. I was never, no problem, really. I cried every day for people who died, but nothing affected me very deeply. But for some reason, at some point, it affects you maybe. Well, it affected me about two months ago when Rito, one of my guys, was killed. And I was like, done. You ever hit that limit? Like, you're just done. And I thought, Jesus, I am sick of this. I'm sick of it. All this dying of people I love. And I said, I have three choices. One is just stop this Freedom Ranger work. Just quit it. Just go do something normal. Then you don't have to see all the death and you don't have to be responsible. Quit. Second, stop doing the relief stuff. That's just a little Band-Aid on a huge wound. Go kill the Burma Army. Go kill them. That's the problem, man. That's the problem. You're just sticking little Band-Aids on. Go after the source and kill them until you're dead or they're dead. That's it, which is another viable choice. And the third choice is just surrender it all to Jesus and have him guide you. And I picked that third choice. And I went to sleep with no hope and no thought of anything except surrender to Jesus. Help me. And the next morning I woke up, fighting's going on, I felt fine. You cannot do that without the power of Jesus. There's no explanation. And that's not the only time I've done that, again and again and again. So in your own lives, whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing, Jesus is bigger than it. You just got to ask him. Just ask him, take it, and then obey what he tells you, and he's going to do it. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that he picked the right choice in the end. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say that, you know, you just need to give it to Jesus. You need to give it up. You need to give up control. And coming from, you know, someone else, it might seem like cliche. It might seem like, well, yeah, but you don't know my situation. But coming from him... You know, no, none of us, m most of us have never been in those situations. He was able to have that perspective, even in such a dire, heart-wrenching situation where you wouldn't think anything less of anyone for being bitter and wanting revenge for their their friends being killed right in front of them. But that perspective is something that, you know, I, I was thinking, we did him for the virtue of sacrifice. We could have chosen forgiveness as well yeah totally and i think it's forgiveness is something that is we've, we've talked about a lot of things that are lacking i think in society today forgiveness is definitely one of them i don't think yeah. people even i don't think the average person even understands forgiveness anymore well it's such an when you really think about it forgiveness is a very unnatural act yeah because often when when someone is wronged they feel utterly justified in staying angry and bitter or taking vengeance it's like forgiveness is it, it is totally unnatural when you think about it to let go of those things that you feel completely justified in feeling or having and just saying i'm not going there i choose to forgive i choose to move on i choose to not make this the thing that defines me like that is truly an unnatural thing to do yeah well it, it's supernatural i mean it, it's exactly not 
get our own back. I mean, that that's our bent. That's what we're. That's right. what our nature is it's to good. get back at someone who've wrong who's wronged you and and get your own back. But forgiveness is the opposite of that. And it's especially hard whenever you live in a society that prizes the individual over other people. Yeah, you know. Like, your emotions are all that matters. My emotions, that's all that matters. My feelings, that's all anyone should care about. Yeah. Yeah, it's just putting those things aside is the only way to achieve peace and, and hardship and, and things that break you. Getting vengeance is, is, it might feel good in the moment, but at the end of the day, it's just going to warp you into a bitter human being. It's also true too. Looking at his, looking at his life and what he's done, is that he's very similar to other men that we've covered. Where if they reacted the way that we would normally think of someone reacting, we wouldn't hold them against them, even if it wasn't the right way to react. Yeah. Like, like we're talking about him wanting to take vengeance on on the Burmese army, and how we can look at that and go, yeah, that's totally justifiable, but is it right? And then a lot of guys that we've done on this project have been that way where they're confronted with something or the one that comes to mind instantly is one that you did in the, not the very beginning, but kind of when we were into the project more, it was a Horatio Spafford yeah, and the, the lawyer who lost all four of his daughters in that shipwreck. Right. And if he had spent the entire rest of his life in complete mourning and despair and sorrow, or if he had committed suicide, nobody would have thought less of him, but he didn't do that. Instead, he took that sorrow and that pain and he instead wrote one of the greatest hymns of all time, you know, and well with my soul. had he not gone through that, he probably would not have written that hymn, you know, and right. it's just a, it's just a song. It's just a little song, no big deal, but it's huge and it speaks volumes when you get down to the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, the meaning behind it. And I, I think when you're talking, that just reminds me of our, our virtue definition in every episode. It's behaviors that we conform ourselves to in order to achieve a moral and ethically principled life through our actions. And in doing that, we don't react in natural ways that we normally would. We have to conform ourselves to, to act in ways that aren't natural. And forgiveness is certainly one of those because it is not natural to forgive. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to end this with with a well, a message of hope, and it's it's another bit, another story that David told during the message that he shared. Uh, it's a story about uh, a woman in Burma. She had been starving, her family starving, her village starving, and. She was trying to plant rice in order to have something to eat. And she was in a valley, and the Burma army were kind of situated all around the valley, up on a hill on a ridge. And they were firing with machine guns and, and RPGs down at these villagers, preventing them from planting rice, preventing them from trying to sustain themselves. And so David was in the village, and he, he offered to help. He offered to go and help this woman plant rice under machine gun fire, which <laughs> even that is just insane to me that someone would, would have, be that selfless to do something like that. Yeah. But they did, and they managed to plant the rice, and, and this is the rest of that story. We're trying to plant the rice here, help this old lady plant the rice. 
the Burma Army just opened up on us. This lady comes up to me with a sack of rice, and she said, you planted it. Last year, about six months ago, this lady, Nalthrage, was trying to plant rice. The Burma fired her up. We went to help. We got fired up. Joseph helped me plant a little rice. She went out late at night and kept planting more, and she came back and said, this is the rice that you helped us plant. Wow. So we thank you for praying. So that lady, the year before, she tried to plant rice. The Burma fired her up, blah, 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 blah. And we said, well, we're going to help you plant rice. And she said, you're going to get shot. Are you white people faster than us brown people? Because if you're not faster than a bullet, you're going to get shot. So we went out there anyways, and we got fired up, and a lot, by the Burma Army. And there was one machine gunner in particular that just, both, the bullets went on both sides of me. Blah, 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 blah. So we, we, we planted like nine little stalks, crawled out again and planted them. And I asked myself when I went out the second time, we'd already been fired up, and no one wanted me to go out. Are you doing this because of pride? Because of stubbornness? Because of anger? And I thought, no. Then those are good things to check all our motives. I'm doing this for love. We're going to plant this rice. And we planted a little bit. So then we, we left. And then we found out later, late that night, she had gone out with her friends because she's motivated now and planted without any lights, which is hard to get straight rows, right under the Burma Army, this rice. And then it came up. And then she was showing us that. Well, at the same time, three Burma Army soldiers from that camp had defected and ran away. And we met them. And one of them was a machine gunner that just tried to kill us. And, you know, when someone tries to kill you, and my, my kids were all there. They almost got shot themselves. Pete filmed part of that. But I thought, and so sometimes you all may have some enemies in your life. And when I have my enemies, I kind of want them dead or in trouble. That's my honest feeling, that I have to surrender to Jesus. But how much better is it if they change? So these three guys ran away, and then I met them. And I showed them the video, and you've seen their eyes. I said, you are shooting at me, man. They're like, oh, my gosh, she's going to kill us. I said, but look what God gave you, a second chance, a second chance. Then, she, then the lady came up and showed us all that rice. So in your own lives, I don't know what you're facing, but I know Jesus is bigger. You just ask him and pray for those enemies to change. Incredible. Incredible. That's just one of so many stories that David shares and that, incredible things that the Free Burma Rangers do. Um, if you haven't yet seen the Free Burma Rangers documentary, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, I believe it's on Prime, on Amazon Prime. Uh, just type in Free Burma Rangers and you'll see it. Uh, you'll see a picture of David and his family. Um, if you haven't checked out the episode where we kind of go into David's life and and the amazing things he's done, the, we kind of highlight his virtue of sacrifice throughout the episode. And it has interview that we took uh, with David last year when he was in Syria, kind of over Zoom. Uh, check out the episode. It's on the podcast uh, website on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's it's season three, episode five. So check that out. And also, if you feel inclined, if if what the Free Burma Rangers do, you think you want to contribute to, go to freeburmarangers.org. They post field reports about what's going on in Burma. Um, and the other places they are, I believe they're going to Syria to pay a visit to the, the friends they made there in, in November. Check it out and, and even donate to the, the good work they're doing there. You know, the reason we do this work is, one, we feel it's where God has us. That's spiritual. Second, intellectual oppression is wrong. We want to stand against it where we can. Third, emotional. These people love us. 
and they and we love them. It, it's kind of sad to say, but they love me first. I'm supposed to love them first. They love me first. That's how wonderful these people are, and I love them. And then last is I like the action. I like trying to make a difference physically and being there, and I want to keep in that order: God and spirit first, intellect and heart together, and then body and physical last. And I don't always do it that way at all, but that's what I want to do. This episode of Virtuous Man featured Scott Einig and Jamie Adams and used audio from the Snoqualmie Valley Alliance Church Sermon Archives. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, leave a review and a comment, and check out our Instagram page at virtuous underscore man. Don't forget you can find our full-length feature episode on David Eubank under Season 3. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Loose and Unscripted. Tune in again next time where we have another Loose and Unscripted for you where we go over more topics and more ways to discover how to live out the virtuous life.